You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Good morning. Does anybody know who that was? Who? Does anybody, does anybody remember it being in the charts? No. Do you? Roger? Do you know what year it was? Uh, 1932 or something. No, uh, it wasn't that long. No, no, fair enough. It was the 1960s. I only kid anyone. 1960s. The early 1960s. It was when it was out. Won't you please, please? Everybody needs help sometimes. Is there anyone here who doesn't need any help at all? Yes, I didn't think so. We all need help sometimes. Eugene Peterson, when he writes, he's, he's, he's a Christian writer and he's the, he's the translator of the Bible version called The Message. He writes this about the book of Psalms in the Bible. He says there are two themes in the book of Psalms that should be part of the life of every Christian. He said there are two prayers in the book of Psalms that really are the foundation bed for every Christian. The first one is thanks and the second one is help. If we pray simply thanks to the Lord, we've prayed well. And if we ask for his help, we honor him in our lives. Did you know that? Simply by identifying God and asking him for his help, we honor him. We humble ourselves and admit that we can't do it all on our own. I want to ask you a question this morning as we go into a new year with all its possibilities and all its challenges. This question arises in a lot of people's minds. What if, as you go into a new situation, to a new year, as you look forward into the future, this question can sometimes play up in our minds. Now, it can play up in a couple of ways. It can play up in a very positive way. You can say, what if I win the lottery this year? What if I become a millionaire? What if I marry Miss World? You know, what if these things happen? You might have some very good things happen to you in this year. But for a lot of people, the question of what if is, what if everything goes wrong? What if I don't pass that exam? What if I fail that medical test? What if I can't pay the mortgage? What if I can't pay the bills? The question what if is normally a question that's posed in terms of the future and as a challenging question. In the Bible, the question is also posed, what if? And it's a what if question I want to look at this morning. The Bible very often calls on us to remember. You know, when we think, you know, we look at the Bible very often, and I've said it, and I know Thomas said it, and most preachers who know the Bible know that really in the Bible we need to be looking forward to what God can and will do in our lives and in our cities and our homes and in our churches. We need to be looking forward. Sometimes there's lots of stuff behind us that we need to forget. But the Bible very often tells us that we also need to remember Remembering is a very important thing for a Christian. A lot of big chunks of the Old Testament are dedicated to the idea of remembering. Remember, the Bible itself is a book of memorial, if you will. It's a book that causes us to remember God's faithfulness in the past. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, for instance, Moses is telling the children of Israel, in God's position, he's saying to them, do not forget the Lord your God, how he led you in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to see what was in your heart, to see that you would serve him. He humbled you, he made you hungry, then he fed you with food you had never known before so that you would realize that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. 
We're continually told to remember. We're told to remember simply because of this. The epitaph of it is very simple. It is as in the past, so in the future. We're asked to remember because we remember the faithfulness and the character of God when we remember. When we look back into our lives and we see God's actions in the past, whether in our lives or in the lives of others, we see the faithfulness and the character of God. And that remembering of God's character gives us hope and gives us faith for the future. So I want to pose the question this morning, what if? And I want to look at, it says in Psalm 124, and ask you this question. Before you dash off into 2018, before we blaze off into the blistering future, ask ourselves the question. And this is really heavy in my heart this morning. I think it's really important when we assess our lives properly, when we make a careful examination of our lives and where we're at. The question that's asked in Psalm 124 is so important for all Christians. It reads simply like this. This is what the psalmist said. What if the Lord had not been on our side? Let all Israel repeat. What if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us? We would have, they would have swallowed us alive in their burning anger. The waters would have engulfed us. A torrent would have overwhelmed us. Yes, the raging waters of their fury would have overwhelmed our very lives. Praise the Lord who did not let their teeth tear us apart. We escaped like a bird from the hunter's trap. The trap is broken and we are free. Our help is from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. When we read this prayer, this is what's called a song of ascents. It was chanted and sung by the Israelites as they went up to Jerusalem to worship. And they always were remembering and constantly being reminded of God's faithfulness to them in the past. And as we worry very often about the future, or sometimes when we assess our lives and we can begin to lose hope when we look at some of our circumstances, we have to ask our question, what if the Lord had not been on our side? Where would we be now? Where would I be? I'm celebrating my 32 years as being a Christian this week, 32 years ago at a little house meeting. And I have to ask myself, if I hadn't become a Christian 32 years ago, where would I be now? Would I be in the cemetery? Is that possible? Would I have ruined my life? Would I have chased after some stupid, silly dream that would have ruined me? I think that that's quite likely, actually, because I remember the 18-year-old that I was 32 years ago, and I think all of those possibilities were high on the order. Where would we be if it wasn't for the Lord? Where would you be if it wasn't for the Lord being on your side? And in here, he's talking, the Israelites are talking about particular situations where enemies, actual physical enemies, rose up against them individually and corporately. Not only against them as people, as individuals and families, but as the whole nation. And they have in mind, of course, everybody from the Pharaoh and the, the Egyptians, the Assyrians, the Persians, the Babylonians, all the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Moabites, all of these nations that rose up against them. They said, if the Lord hadn't been in our side, they would have swept us all away. We'd all be gone. And I tell you something, for we as Christians assembling here in Cork this morning at the start of this new year, if it hadn't been for the Lord, this would not be happening here today. 
Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. Tom was quoting it a while ago. They actually chant that as well on the way up to Jerusalem as well. It wouldn't be happening if the Lord had not been on our side. Let's look at one or two of the verses that are in this. It says this, let all Israel repeat, what if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us? Here's something that you need to have clear in your head. God takes sides. God takes sides. You go, oh, that's not a very nice thing to say. No, and if you're listening on the internet, I hope you're not offended. Um, but God does take sides. God honors those who honor him. He blesses those who obey him. He acknowledges those who acknowledge him. The Bible is full of stories of people making themselves enemies of God. You see, the minute you use the phrase God on our side, people go, oh no, well you can't be saying things like that because you can't claim that God is on your side. It's not even so much that God is on our side, it's that we're on God's side. This is what Abraham Lincoln famously said. He said, lads, I'm not worried about God being on our side. I'm worried about being on God's side because he's always right and he always wins. And that's the reality for us as we look at our lives. There's people in your life who, believe it or not, have chosen to be enemies of God. Jesus said, if they hated me, they will what? They will hate you. That's what I'm telling you, lads. There's people, the minute you put your head above the parapet, and the minute you say, well, actually, yeah, I'm a Christian, and I love Jesus Christ, there are people who will instantly choose to hate you. I'm sorry, I'd love to tell you the world was different. I'd like to tell you that everybody's lovely and rosy, and we'll all plant flowers together and come by, ah, Lord, and everything will be happy in the end. But that's not how the story plays out. And that's not the reality in your lives. There's people who are your enemies, believe it or not. And if the Lord wasn't on your side, those enemies could destroy you. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to, <laughs> believers have enemies. That's why Jesus said, love your what? He didn't say, love your friends and do good to them. I was having this conversation with somebody this morning. Jesus didn't say, love your friends and do good to them. Have a hug and sing, come by ah. He didn't. He said, love your enemies and do good to those who persecute you. Uh, yes, Lord, I'll come back to you on that one. Because why? Because he knew that there would be enemies. He knew there would be enemies. And people will be your enemies when you stand up for Jesus Christ and when you stand up for God's word and what God has to say about life and the way that we should live, people are going to become your enemies. I, I heard a guy on the radio this morning, I listened to this early Sunday morning program on BBC Radio 4 called Sunday. It's about kind of religious topics in general. It's lots of kind of English vicars talking about what they're doing in their gardens and this kind of stuff. But there was this person on it this morning and they were saying, you know, I'm going to act in the true Christian way, doing this ministry. They were doing a certain ministry. I better not name the person in case they're listening out there in online land. They know who, you know who you are. Anyway, so they said, you know, we want to start this Christian ministry and we want to act in a truly Christian way. We are not out to convert anybody. And I thought, hang on a minute. If we're acting in the truly Christian way, we're out to convert everybody. Everybody. You know, sometimes people say to me, come here, I hope you're not going to try and convert me now. And I always answer, yes, I am. I am trying to convert you to Christianity, to Jesus Christ, because you will have your sins forgiven, your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life, and you will have eternal life. So I think it's worth trying to convert you, don't you? But this guy said, I'm not, you know, and we're just going to be really Christian, and we're not going to try and convert anybody. I thought, what a mamby-pamby, lapsy-pa version of Christianity that is. That ain't going to get nobody anywhere. 
You're never going to make an enemy if you keep on saying, well, I don't want to offend anyone now, and I'm really sorry, and I apologize for being a Christian. Do not apologize for being a Christian. Do not apologize for standing for Jesus Christ. I'm a little bit wound up about it, aren't I? Because I see it happen all the time. People are, I'm sorry now for being a Christian. I hate to say this. No, don't hate to say it. Say it. Say it. This is what they go on to say. They said, they would have swallowed us alive in their burning anger. Yes, the raging waters of their fury would have overwhelmed our very lives. And we talk about enemies. Bear this in mind. We have an enemy of our soul who is higher than flesh and blood enemies. And he's a guy who gets written out of the equation all the time. Your enemy, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, when you devour something, it's not like having a salad. It's not like going, mm, this is really nice. Devour goes a little bit like this. Have you ever seen an animal devour another animal? That's what it's trying to indicate. Sorry, I was trying to... Did you not get it, no? I do it sometimes at home at my dinner. I can be seen when I'm particularly hungry devouring dinner. You would be devoured. They would have swallowed us alive. Swallowed us alive. You know, you see it in those wildlife programs where some innocent looking bird dicks, sticks his head into the water and pulls out a fish, and the fish is going, You know, the way fish do. Well, you know, fish don't really, they're not that expressive. They haven't gotten in touch with their emotional selves very much. But, you know, the fish is there, and you're going, That fish is still alive. And you can see it kicking around inside in the stomach of this very self satisfied looking bird. That's what he's indicating. He said they would have swallowed us. Alive, if the Lord had not been on our side. If the Lord had not been on your side in 2017, you could have been swallowed alive. You could have been swallowed alive. And they keep on painting this picture of their enemies coming against them, but God defending them, and their enemies coming against them, and God defending them. And and in the middle of it all, they're painting this picture of disaster. They're painting, like, they're talking about storms and floods and fires and being bitten and being eaten and being attacked and saying all of these things could have happened to us if the Lord was not on our side. What things could happen to you if the Lord was not on your side? Would you, have, would you be here this morning? Would you, be, would you be loving your family? Would you be living in your home? Would, would you be even in this country? Would you even be alive if the Lord was not on your side? We have to think, brothers and sisters. Sometimes we can look around and go, oh, things are going really bad. Oh, we have an awful struggle. Oh, there's an awful thing. No, doesn't, and don't get me wrong. Things do go wrong and things can be very tough. They can be tough for me and they can be tough for you. But the Bible always tells us to look and see where we can give thanks. That's why Paul says to the Thessalonians, give thanks in everything. No, he doesn't say give thanks for for everything, but give thanks in everything. It's really, really important, the difference between the two. Because if you were to give thanks for everything, nobody would become a Christian. I've just got a brain tumor. I give you thanks, Lord, for a brain tumor. No, that's not what you're supposed to do. But in that situation, can God show his goodness even in a trial like that? Yes, he can. Would anyone say amen? Amen. Regardless of your trial, God can show his goodness. And that's the point they're making here. They're not saying that, well, from now on, Christians need to live. Our believers have to have lives that are without problems. Does anybody here have a life that has no problems? Because I want you to pray for me. I really do. Every one of us is going to face them. But if it wasn't for the Lord, where would we be? Would we be swept away before that very torrent of trouble and trial that we face? 
But what does the scripture say? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord who did not let their teeth tear us apart. Tear us apart. Because there are people and there are situations and there are trials and there are troubles that will tear you apart. Guard your hearts. Because there are men and women that will tear you apart. Emotionally, psychologically, relationally. There are people who will tear you apart. Sisters, if you're looking for a man, find a Christian man who loves the Lord. Would anyone say amen? amen. Brothers, if you're looking for a woman, if you're looking for a girlfriend, a significant loving partner other, find a Christian woman who loves the Lord. Would anyone say amen? amen. Otherwise, someone could come and tear you apart. And do you know the thing about having a broken heart? I had a broken heart myself a few times. All together. It's real. You really feel it, don't you? Yeah. Has anybody here had a broken heart? You're going to be honest now. Has anybody here had a broken heart? There's a show of hands. I feel the pain. I feel the pain. You know, having a broken heart, you actually really do feel it. You feel like you're being torn apart. And you think, I could never live without you, baby. Oh, yes, you can. <laughs> I remember this one particular girl. She could well be listening on the internet. She left on a plane to America. She came here. She was my girlfriend. I can't say this. My wife is here. She's not here, so I can say it anyway. So it's many, many years ago. And she got on a plane, and the plane took off up in Shannon Airport, and I wept. Oh, my heart was broken. I cried. How can I live without you? I cried all the way home in the car. When I got home, I sat in my bed. I cried. My mother came into the bedroom. She said, are you okay, Mikes? Mikes is what she always said. Are you okay, Mikes? I said, I'm broken. <laughs> my mother, I cried, and I was brokenhearted. And about three months later, <laughs> she decided to go and visit an ex-boyfriend. I wasn't broken hearted then, by. <laughs> and when she met the ex-boyfriend, that's a bad story to be telling, isn't it? She stops when I stop telling the story. When she met the ex-boyfriend, she said, I'm going down to meet this guy just to see if there's anything still between us. I said, you're doing what? You're going to see if there's anything still between you. I said, well, if you go and see him to see if there's anything between you, there's going to be nothing between us. Deal? She went and saw him. And I danced a jig. What a deliverance. Oh, thanks be to God. Because that woman, with respect, would have torn my heart apart. Because if we weren't going to separate then, we were going to separate another time. And if I had gotten manacled to that one, I wouldn't be joyfully engaged with the one I'm engaged with now. That's the truth. But lads, I'm, I'm being serious. I'm being serious. If it wasn't for the Lord intervening in that situation, sticking her on a plane and flying around the country, it would have ruined my life. Praise the Lord. Aer Lingus, we bless you. <laughs> Their teeth would have torn us apart. Our hearts would be torn apart. But hallelujah, what does it say? But we've escaped like a bird from the hunter's trap. So often we're nearly trapped, but we escape like a bird. I love it. It says the trap is broken and we are free. Lads, can we, can we wake up and see just how free we are? And the point that they're making here is that it, like, we, we were trapped like a bird. When a bird gets trapped, a bird does not expect to get free. 
when the bird is panicking and in the trap. And of course, what's he being trapped for? He isn't being trapped to be kind of kept as a pet. He's going to be eaten. That's what they're indicating here. We escaped like a bird from a hunter's trap. It was just unbelievable. It was unexpected. We didn't think it would happen. We were trapped. We were surrounded on all sides. The hand that was coming to destroy us was pulling its hand on us. But suddenly the trap was broken and we were free. We were set free. You were in a trap. And thanks to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, you have been set free. You were trapped in your sin. You were trapped in your life. You were trapped in your troubles. You were trapped in your trials. But thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, you have been set free. The snare is broken, brothers and sisters. The snare is broken. If you look at your life and go, look at all the difficulties that I have to deal with this year. All those areas that just might go wrong and what could go wrong. The snare is broken. You're free. You've been set free. You can speak to your circumstances in Jesus' name. And that's that's not kind of like, by faith I speak to my circumstances. You know, all my, all the payments on my mortgage that I haven't paid so far, be paid. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how we, by faith, can speak to our circumstances rather than letting our circumstances speak to us. You're set free. And in this situation, it was totally unexpected. They're talking about the unexpected release from captivity. And then they say this, so important. Our help It's from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Our help is from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Our help is not coming from some mystical force in the universe. It's not coming from some unknown God or magical power. It's not coming from our own genius. It's not coming from our own abilities or our own strength. It's not coming from some nameless God, like God, whoever you are. It says, our help is from the Lord, Yahweh, who made the heaven and the earth. Now, here's the deal. If you need help, the guy who can give you the most help is the guy who made everything. He's the guy who can help you. Do you see my point? What's the point of power? If something, if you burst a pipe in your house, if a power, you don't walk out in the street and tap some guy who's going past and say, I'm after bursting a pipe. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to fix it. You're going to contact the plumber and preferably the plumber who put the pipe in there in the first place. Yeah? You're going to put in the one who knows how we're designed and knows how we're made. And here's the thing to remember, that all of God's promises... All of God's purposes are totally inseparable from God's people. This is where it's all being worked out. All the great events that are happening in the universe are all working out so that God can fulfill his promises to his people. All of God's purposes are not scientific. They are personal. They are people. That's all of God's purposes. God is not some scientist in some far distant corner of the universe performing experiments. He is personally, pastorally involved in every one of our lives. Be on his side. Would anyone say amen? Amen. Choose a side. Choose a side. 
But that doesn't mean that there's not going to be trouble. Some of the greatest people in the Bible experienced incredible trouble. The people who did the most work for Jesus encountered the worst trouble, the most difficult of circumstances. They went through all sorts of trials, just like you will sometimes go through a trial, just like I will. And we still need to have patience and we need to have faith in the midst of our troubles. And yes, does God change our circumstances? Absolutely. We are delivered so often. And this is what the Apostle Paul tells the Corinthians. I love this. He says, we are pressed on uh, on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. And if you have troubles this year, you will not be crushed. If you're perplexed or can't understand things this year, you will not be driven to despair. If you are hunted down, you will not be abandoned by God. If you get knocked down, you will not be destroyed. Does anybody want that to be their experience this year? I want that to be my experience this year. Because I know I'm going to get a right hook to the jaw somewhere along the line. And so are you. And I know something's going to fall off the wall because that's life. And so will you. I know there's things that are going to happen and I don't understand quite well they happen. And so will you. But I'm not going to despair. I may be pressed, but I won't be crushed. I'll be knocked down yet, probably, but I won't be destroyed. That is the inheritance of God's people. That is the inheritance. Our help is in him, the maker of heaven and the maker of earth. And if he is on our side, what does Paul say? Well, he says, what we say in response to such wonderful things as these, if God is for us, who can ever be against us? And do you think he literally means that? Well, if God is for us, then no one can be against us. No, that's not what he means. It's a rhetorical question. That if God is for us, no one can defeat us. No one will overcome us. No circumstance can defeat you because God is with you. Would you say amen? amen. No trial will overcome you because God is with you. Amen? amen? If God is for you, who can be against you? Amen. Isn't that a good thing to have in your heart and have in your mind as you stare into an unknown future? I love what Corrie Ten Boom, the old Christian writer, said, our Christian preaching writer, she said, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Because he is known. His promises are known. His purposes are known. His plans are known. If God is for us, who can be against us? Would anyone say amen? amen. Does anybody need help this year? I need help this year. We're going to pray for God's help in our lives. Do you know why? Because that's the first place to start in every trial and situation. Lord, like the psalmist say, Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Tom was quoting Psalm 40 a little bit earlier. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined and heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the pit, out of the miry clay, wrote the psalmist. Will we stand? They're going to get the worship team to come up for a second. We're going to pray for God's help. We want to give thanks and we want to pray. Simply for God's help, because you are going to face difficulties and trials in this year. The thing to remember is, if the Lord had not been on our side, where would we be? What was the promise in the book of Isaiah? Isaiah speaking, and the Lord said, said this, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. Would anyone say amen? amen. When you go through difficult, the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. Amen. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. And if our God is for us, 
Who can be against us? Let's sing and then we'll pray. Water you turn into wine Open the eyes of the blind There's no one like you None like you Cause into the darkness you shine And out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you None like you Our God is greater Our God is stronger God, you are higher than any other Our God is healer Awesome and to 2018 and know we're already in there let's remember if the Lord hadn't been on our side in 2017 where would we be if the Lord had not been on our side let Israel say the raging waters would have swept us away but hallelujah we are still standing would anyone say amen you know I want to pray for help the Lord knows my prayer list how long it is how many requests there are on it he knows yours too. But I want to pray this year for God's help. I want to start off this year by humbling myself and saying, Lord, I know that I have to ask you for your help in everything I do, into every situation I go. If you want to pray for help this year, will you raise your hand? And I talk about some kind of distant, foggy way, but you've got some real situations. You say, Lord, I really need your help in this area. I'm going to ask you to do something. I hope you're okay with it. I'm going to ask you to kneel which is the, if you will, the position of humility before God. It's the position where we acknowledge, Lord, we know that we are dependent on you. If you're physically able, if you're not physically able, that's fine, just stay standing or stay sitting, whatever you need. And as we pray, I'm just going to kneel for a second. We'll begin in the first place. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that we our feet are found inside your courts today. Would anyone say amen? Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness throughout 20 17 Lord Lord when we look back into our lives and see the trials and difficulties that we encountered last year and the year before that and the situations that would have led us astray and away from you we say thank you Lord that you have been on our side would anyone say amen we thank you for that Lord our prayer simply this year as we begin is Lord would you help us in this year we acknowledge our dependence on you Amen. Lord, we acknowledge that you are the maker of heaven and earth and that our help is in you, Lord. Lord, what we are called to do, the lives we are called to live, the living out daily as Christians, Lord, it's not possible without your help. Lord, would you give us the power of your Holy Spirit in every situation? Would you give us wisdom in every corner and every trial we face, Lord Jesus? Would you give us understanding of ourselves and of others, Lord? Lord, would you help us? Would you give strength to our arms to resist our enemies? Whether those enemies be external or they be internal. Help us, Lord, I pray, to resist addictions. 
to resist the sin that so easily ensnares us. Help us, Lord, this year to pay our bills. Would anyone say amen? Be our provider, the maker of heaven and earth. We commit ourselves into your hands, Lord. We are praying people on our knees this morning, acknowledging our need for you. Lord, would you help us? And we declare this morning, our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand speak to our circumstances this morning by faith we speak to our circumstances this morning and we say bills you will not overcome us would anyone say amen trials you will not crush us would anyone say amen emotional trouble you will not tear us apart sickness you will not have us in despair we speak to our circumstances today in Jesus name and we say that what God has begun in us he will complete our help is in him the maker of heaven and earth Lord Jesus Christ we commit ourselves into your hands for this coming day for this coming week and until we assemble again Lord we ask that we would know your presence and we would know your power and we would know your provision Lord and whatever comes through our door, Lord, I pray that we would be ready for it in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray that in conversations that we have this week, even if these words right now don't have meaning for us, Lord, I pray that we will meet people for whom they do have meaning, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would be articulators of your truth to others this week, Lord Jesus. May we all have the heart of encouragement and the desire to build up others in Jesus' name. Guide us, protect us, and watch over us. In Jesus' name, and God's people said aloud, Amen. Let's stand, guys. God bless and keep you. And may God bless you in the coming year. We're going to be here again on Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. for night church, music, message, ministry, and munchies. We're serving coffee coffee upstairs, tea and coffee being served. May God bless and go with you and watch over you this coming week. In Jesus' name, the lads are going to play us up. Darkness, you 